0: Oh. Lord, we make that we make that a prayer we, we we are here making room we make room in our hearts we make room in our lives whatever you want to do lord show us show us what to do we surrender we are all in i pray lord that you would now speak to us through your word that you would change our hearts and start with mine we don't want to leave here the same way we got here so make us more like you in your name we pray amen you may be seated would you just welcome very quickly all of the folks who are joining us online from all over the place all over the country would you just welcome them and we're so glad you guys are here you're with us uh... as you walked in you should have received a sticky note and if you didn't you can grab one when you leave and here's what we're gonna do i want you to think of one person that you know maybe a family member or a friend particular in particular someone who lives in in this area northern colorado i want you to think of someone that is far from God someone that needs the Lord and that needs to have a relationship with Jesus and so on that sticky note as you leave what I'm gonna ask you to do um... there should be are there pens yeah there's pens on the chairs so you can have those by the way they're good pens we don't buy cheap pens anyway um, don't you hate when you get a cheap pen and it all falls apart we get good pen. anyway um, you can keep the pen but 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 would you just write that person's first name on that sticky note and place it on the cross on our steel cross in the foyer as you leave over the next few weeks, we're going to pray for those people. We're, I want to pray for those folks. Don't write their first name, their last name, their Instagram handle. We don't, all right, we don't need all that. We just, need their, we just want their, their first name. And over the next few weeks, we're going to pray for them. So does everyone think about it for a second? Does everybody have a name of someone that you think you could put on that sticky note? Go ahead and raise your hand if you do. Let's pray for them right now. Lord, you know every person. You know every situation. You know every story. I pray, Lord, that you would intervene in their lives that somehow some way you would create an intersection in their lives where they would find you they would fall on their knees and they would come to you they would commit their lives to you Jesus we pray for our friends and our family in Jesus name we pray amen so we're kicking off a new sermon series today Uh, over the next few weeks we're gonna look at the last words of Jesus um, particularly the last words of Jesus on the cross Uh, we're about six weeks away from Easter so we're gonna be focusing on what happened in the, uh, on the cross, there is incredible significance in someone's last words. And so um, this is Emily Dickinson. She was a poet, lived in the 1800s, and uh, she was not well-known while she was alive, but after she died, like so many artists, she became very well-known and, and now is regarded as one of the most important writers in American history. And her last words on her deathbed were this. She said, I must go in the fog is rising. Isn't that beautiful? Like, I thought that was a really cool picture. The Bible says that right now we see as though we're looking through a dark glass, but when we get to heaven, we're going to see clearly face to face. And so I just thought it was a cool picture that she actually saw it happening as she was transitioning into death. Uh, the next one, this guy, he was a, the French grammarian named Dominique Bouhours And he basically taught grammar. It was almost like he was an English teacher. He would teach people grammar, and so he was also a French priest. On his deathbed, I thought this was funny. Okay, the Spanish didn't laugh at all. The 9:30 laughed. I think they just felt sorry for me. All right, you tell me what you think of this. Okay, these were his last words. I am about to die, or I am going to die. Either expression is correct. (laughs) And okay. Anyway. I thought that was funny, like he's giving a grammar lesson at the end of his life, and then he's, all right, <laughs> last one, uh, this guy's named Richard Mellon, he was one of the wealthiest people in the United States around the turn of the century in the early 1900s, he also had a brother, and for over 70 years, they played a game of tag, like that movie Tag, is something like that, they would play a game of tag, and so Rich- Richard Mellon, on his deathbed, this is what he said, He said, these are my last words. Last tag. Tag, you're it. And then he died. Well played, Mr. Mellon. Well played. His brother lived for four more years, so he was it for four years. I thought that was pretty brilliant. Anyway, so I think last words are important. is incredible significance. So we're going to look in Luke 23 at the last words of Jesus. Now, where we pick up the story is um, he's been wrongly convicted. He's innocent. He's been convicted. And so he's being executed. He's, uh, so this is where, where Luke uh, picks up the story. When they came to the place called the Skull or Golgotha, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. So to hold Jesus to the cross, they used three spikes. One went in each of his wrists. You might sometimes see pictures or paintings where it's in his his palm, but that wouldn't have held his body weight. So they were actually in his wrists. And then they had one that went through both feet. And so Jesus is hung on this cross, suspended between heaven and earth. He's not really there, but he's not really here. He's also suspended between life and death. He's not really there, but he's not really here anymore. He's in that in-between place where he's not quite dead, but he's still not, he's not quite living anymore. You get what I'm saying? Have you ever been around someone who is near the end of their life where they were kind of not really there, but not really here either? Have you ever been around somebody like that where you could tell that they were sort of in and out and you didn't really know? So uh, a friend of mine several years ago lost his brother to, after a long battle with cancer. And it had been several days, and he was kind of in that in-between place, hadn't eaten in several days, hadn't had any water. And then uh, he sits up, kind of sat up on his elbows, and he told his brother, he said, you see that tree over there? It's a beautiful tree. And his, they were in a bedroom, so there was, there was no tree. And he says, uh, I think I'm going to head over there. I'm going to sit in that green grass under the tree and have a rest. And his brother said, okay. Go ahead, why don't you do that? And he laid his head down and he died. And so he wasn't here anymore, but he wasn't there. They were having this conversation and he was at that kind of in between place. And that's kind of where Jesus is right now. He's on the cross, he's not really there, he's not really here. But instead of just moving on, he could have justifiably said, You know what? I've tried with these guys. Forget these guys. I'm done with them. He could have done that and moved on, but he doesn't. He decides to teach us a few more lessons. And so he opens his mouth and he starts to speak. Now, if I was there, I would have been very interested to hear what he's going to say. Maybe he's going to curse the people who are murdering him unjustly. Maybe he's going to call on his father and and have him send uh, legions of angels to rescue him. Maybe he's going to pray to God for relief from this incredible excruciating pain. He didn't do any of those things. This is what he does. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He prays for the forgiveness of the people who are murdering him. Isn't that incredible? Jesus is still teaching us lessons as he's on the cross. And and I know this word forgiveness can sometimes make people feel uncomfortable because it causes us to think of people who have hurt us. And maybe it was someone who, um, they hurt you, they offended you, they did you dirty. Maybe they did something mean at work, and, and, or maybe they don't even think they did anything wrong. Maybe it was someone at school, and that's one thing. But it's a whole other thing when it's someone you love, a family member. When it's someone who stood at an altar and promised to protect you till death do us part. It's even harder when the person that you gave birth to is the one who's hurt you It's deep and it, it cuts deeply and so this whole idea of forgiveness Jesus understands what it feels like to be betrayed and hurt and need to forgive it's so important that look at look at what Jesus says Matthew 5 he says therefore if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled to them then come and offer your gift so the cross gives us a a reminder about how we're supposed to about how we're supposed to deal with people and with God in Mark Jesus says love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself there's no greater commandment than these so when we look at a cross, we see that there's two pieces actually this one has nine pieces you get the idea all right there's a horizontal piece and there's a vertical piece. So the horizontal piece reminds us that we need to be at peace with people, with the people around us. And then the vertical piece tells us we also need to be at peace with God. So Jesus kind of takes this idea and he says, before you offer that vertical piece, make peace with people. Get this right and then you can do this. And usually that involves forgiveness. Why is this such a big deal in the Bible? Forgiveness. Because offense, when we're hurt, when we've been hurt or been offended, it eats away at our hearts. It eats away from the inside out, it erodes us from the inside out. And you might look fine on the outside, but inside there's this, this burning and this eating away in our hearts. This is a picture of the ground in Centralia Pennsylvania and if you've never heard of Centralia Pennsylvania it was a mining town so there's a bunch of abandoned coal mines and in 1962 someone was burning their garbage near the mouth of an old coal mine and they ignited on accident a coal seam that ran underground and this fire started and it it they tried to put it out but it was burning underground It is now eight miles long, the fire, and it's been burning for 61 years. They've tried to put it out. They've done everything they can to put it out. The town, when the fire started, had 2,700 people living in it. Now there are seven because they just are not leaving for whatever reason. They don't want to leave Centralia, Pennsylvania. The reason people left was because the air became toxic they couldn't be around it they couldn't breathe it was poisoning them the other reason they left was because the roads started to collapse so you couldn't tell if there was a fire underground or not but when the road gave way then then you knew right you couldn't trust the roads anymore so that this tire this entire town has been abandoned so with that in mind let's look at something else that Jesus says in this same chapter he says i tell you that anyone who is yeah I'm reading the right thing I'm like wait a minute is that oh yeah okay all right I've done this before all right (laughs) I tell you that anyone who's angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment again anyone who says to a brother or sister raka is answerable to the court and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell raka it just sounds like a cuss word doesn't it Raka your mama. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> raka. And, and it was meant to be said with contempt. And it comes from the same word that Jewish people would use to spit. So it would be said like this. <gasps> like, it would be like a little bit, right? Raka, like that. Everybody try that. Say, ready? on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Raka. Someone just got something right on the back of their neck. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> So, Jesus says, now, raka, what raka means, the literal translation is empty headed. So, like, remember Sanford and son? You big dummy. It's like saying that, right? You you empty headed big dummy. And Jesus says that that's bad. But then he goes, takes it higher, and he says, if you say you fool, you're in danger of the fire of hell. So, Jesus is saying, if you say you fool, You chump, you dummy, menso, sonso, tonto, bobo, loser, idiot. That's not just bad. It's really bad. Which scares me because I've said a lot worse things than raka, right, to somebody. Now, the, the, the word that Jesus is using here when he says the fire of hell is not the same hell that you see in the book of Revelation, the lake of fire. This is a different, he used a different word. The word is Gehenna. And Gehenna was a city, it was a valley outside of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel. And generations past, the Israelites would sacrifice children to pagan gods. But now that the nation was past that. And so they thought of that Gehenna as a cursed valley. So what they did is they turned it into a garbage dump. And then they would burn the trash. And so there was a saying, the fires of Gehenna will never go out. But it was toxic to be there. It smelled, it was smoky. It was a hot, uh, sulfur kind of place. It was a terrible place to be. And Jesus uses this same illustration, this Gehenna place, to describe what happens in your heart when, we, when you're angry at someone and you refuse to forgive them. We just, it just smolders and burns and erodes and becomes toxic. And people can't be around us because we become toxic and angry and bitter have you ever been around someone who was just angry and bitter go ahead and raise your hand don't point at them you're like my ex she's over okay yeah don't do that all right it's easy to identify in other people right you say oh man that person she's bitter she's angry she's mad at the world it's easy to see in other people it's really hard to see in ourselves because we're good at hiding it and because it's below the surface We don't know until we start to affect other people that we've become this Gehenna. But Jesus offers us a better way, forgiveness. Because Jesus understood that offense separates us from the people we love. So if if you choose to hang on to every offense, if you keep a mental list of all your your enemies so that you know who you need to get back at, it's going to erode and burn in your heart. Not the kind of heartburn that you get from eating the extra hot sauce at Taco Bell, all right? That's different. How many can't eat real late, especially something spicy? Wait till you're 50. Okay. (laughs) But uh, what offense does is it burns inside of us and it separates us from people we love. So I need a volunteer and I need somebody, I need a guy who's been married less than five years. Can I get a volunteer? All right. Come on up. Chris, thank you. Go ahead, come stand right here. Monica, I need you to come up here too. Yes. (laughs) So before we start, go ahead and come up. Um, Have you guys ever been to Pellegrini's? So we just tried it. We loved it. So just as a thank you for helping me, Here's $50 to Pellegrini, so you guys can have lunch. So thank you. That's just to compensate you for what I'm about to do. I'm just kidding. All right. So God's plan in marriage is he does a miracle when people get married. Hear me very clearly. When you get married, God's plan is for a man and woman to get married. Did I say married? Yes, married. Because when we get married in God's eyes, he's now the third part of our relationship. So he takes responsibility for his part. When we're just living together, and, and if you're doing that, if, you're, if that's you, man, I'm glad you're here. But I need you to hear this. God has a better plan. So, so God, what he does in marriage is God takes, he does a miracle. He, does, he takes one plus one, and he makes it equal one. Mark says the two will become one. So this is God's plan. Did you, do you see how they're standing? Turn, turn that way so everybody can see. Did I tell them to do that? Did I, did I put them together at all? No. This is, what God, this is God's plan for the two to become one. Now let me show you what the enemy's plan is. There we go. This is what the enemy wants. And I'm going to show you how he does it. But this is what the enemy wants for every couple in this, in this room. Every couple joining us online. Every married couple. This is what the enemy wants for me and my wife. He wants to create division and offense. And he also wants to do that between you and every person in this church. He would love for you to get offended by someone in this church and say, I was at Walmart, and I saw so-and-so from the church, and they didn't tell me hi. I'm not coming back. Did you, did, did you tell them hi? Well, no. So they could say the same about... Okay, anyway. So what he's trying to do is he wants to separate us. He wants to separate you from your family, from your kids. He loves division, and here's how he does it so we're gonna say that when they first got together now this is not them okay I'm just using an example right that when they first got together this guy would talk so much she loved it he's talking all the time everywhere we go he introduces himself to everyone and he makes friends everywhere but now this guy talks all the time (laughs) everywhere we go he's talking to people and it just it gets old cuz I want to leave and it's not nothing we're gonna get divorced over but it's just a little bit annoying and offensive and I'm just gonna hold on to that okay (laughs) Chris says you know when we were first started dating every time I saw her she looked so nice every time I saw her she had a new outfit on but now every time she goes to the store she brings back a new outfit Or two. And we cannot fit in the closet anymore. I'm not going to get a divorce over it. But man, it's kind of, you get one. Okay. He comes home from work. He's supposed to be home at 5. He gets home at 5.20. He didn't text. He didn't say anything. He just did it. When we're dealing with the kids... She's not happy with the way I deal with the kids because it's, it's different and it's, nothing, it's not wrong or right. It's just different and it annoys me. This guy will not pick up his socks. Like, I don't know what I got to do to get this guy to pick up his socks. All she ever complains about is me picking up my socks. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the sock thing. Could they hold each other now the same way they were holding them early, each other earlier without putting these down? Not a rhetorical question. <laughs> they can't. Let me ask you this. Could they lift their hands and worship God without putting these down? No. Are you understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth <laughs> right now? they can't do that neither can you and Jesus is telling us I have a better way go first to your neighbor and ask for forgiveness thanks guys Will you give it up for these guys now the, the way the enemy does this is through offense and when when we hang on to it and we won't let it go it festers inside of us and Jesus isn't just telling us how to live he also modeled it for us at the end of his life he forgave the people that were killing him so that he wouldn't carry this And Jesus is inviting us to do the same thing, to let it go. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Now I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. Go ahead and stand up. We also have baptisms today, which is so exciting. I love Baptism Sunday. So if you're getting baptized, uh, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and head back through that door right there. There's some folks back there that are going to help you get all set up and all, all ready. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody first to put your hands like this. Put your hands out like this. And I'm going to invite you to envision the thing that someone did. That thing that comes to mind that gets you angry, makes you burn. You want to get them back. You want God to get them back. I'm going to invite you to envision that. Then what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to take your hands. and I'm going to invite you to turn them over symbolically dropping that thing, all right? Then the last thing I'm gonna invite you to do is now that you've dealt with that, I'm gonna invite you to lift your hands in worship. Okay, so let's, we're gonna pray, and I'm gonna walk you through that. And I know you might be like, it's too hard. I don't know if I could do it. I've tried before. Listen, try it for one minute today. For one minute, experience what it feels like to be free of this. That person not living rent-free in your head anymore. For today, it's over. Let's pray. Father, as we stand and we hold our hands out, remembering what they did to us, remembering what happened, today, Lord, we're reminded that you have forgiven us of so much. So we turn our hands over right now. Turn your hands over and we drop that. We lay it on the floor. We're not going to carry this anymore. And Lord, now, with clean, empty hands, we lift our hands and we worship you. Thank you, God, because you have been so good to us. You have blessed us in so many ways. You have been amazing when you could have been judgmental, when you could have turned us away. You invited us to be a part of your family. Lord, I pray freedom for every person here, every person joining us online. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you sing with us? And I will make
1: room for you to do whatever you want to, do whatever you want to. and the people I've hurt and the things I've said nothing nothing can separate you ever from the love of God and so if you've never made the decision to start following Jesus I want to give you that opportunity today so if you've never said this prayer before I'm gonna invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes and repeat after me Dear dear Jesus forgive me for every evil thing I've ever done thank you for dying for me on the cross You took my place. Today, I make a promise to follow you. I make you Lord of my life. Please help me to be more like you. Amen. Awesome. If you just said that prayer for the first time and you would also like to get baptized, we still do have everything you need. We have extra clothes for you, so you can just head through that door if you would like to get baptized. Otherwise, please feel free to take a seat Our friends are going to be getting baptized this morning, and so do you remember if you've ever become official with somebody on Facebook and made that relationship Facebook official and everyone's commenting, oh, this is great, congratulations, that's what we're going to do today, so we're going to cheer for all of our friends who are making their commitment to Jesus, so when they come out of the water, we're going to go crazy in this room. Good morning, and what's your name? Stephanie Hernandez. Hi, Stephanie. Are you a follower of Christ? I am. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no, not right now.
0: That's okay. Awesome. Come on over here. Take Go ahead and have a seat. Cover your nose with one hand. Grab this right there. Stephanie. By a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Congratulations.
1: Awesome. And what is your name? Araceli Baez. Araceli, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Yes, I am. Awesome, is there anything else you'd like to say? That's okay, Araceli, awesome. let's go, Araceli.
0: of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Congratulations.
1: Awesome, and what's your name? Jamie. Hi Jamie, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I just want to say thank you. <laughs>
0: well,
1: we're glad you're here. Everyone cheer for Jamie! Yeah.
0: of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Congratulations.
1: Awesome. And good morning. What's your name? Araceli Gutierrez. Hi, Araceli. And are you a follower of Jesus Christ? I am. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, I'd like to thank the man above.
0: by your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name uh, uh, Congratulations
1: And what is your name? Uh Anthony Anthony are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Uh yes Awesome
0: By your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.
1: And what is your name? Naomi. Naomi. And are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Yes.
0: by your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Congratulations.
1: Awesome. Good morning, what's your name? Andrew. Andrew, are you a follower of Jesus Christ?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to say?
0: I just want to say thank you to Pastor Angel, and I'm ready to walk this new life. Your upon him. By your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Congratulations.
1: And what is your name? My name is Avon. Hi, Avon. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Yes, I am. Anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no, just
0: It's warm, huh? But <laughs> plug like your nose. By your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you with the Father of this the Holy Spirit of Jesus' name.
1: And what is your name? Aiden, and are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to say?
0: No. Are you guys brothers, cousins? Brothers? Come on. Awesome. Brothers. And have a seat. Plug your nose with one hand. Aiden, by your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.
1: if you said that prayer if you said that prayer this morning for the first time we want to welcome you to the family if you will scan this qr code we would like to send you some reading materials so that way we can help you on this journey of becoming a new follower of god if you have been to mosaic for the first time today welcome we want to send you a gift and just introduce ourselves So that same QR code will let you fill out that information, so please do. Um, This Saturday we have prayer, so we like to start off every month with prayer, and this Saturday is the first Saturday of the month from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., so please come to Mosaic. We want to see you there. This is our last act of worship, which is our tithes and our offering, and I love being a part of this community and Mosaic Church because everyone in this room has helped me to become a more generous person. Um, So I'm going to say a prayer over our tithes and offering. There are four ways to give, which are on the screen. And will you uh, join me in prayer? And then I'm going to pray to dismiss us. If you would like any additional prayer, we have our prayer team at the end, and they are here to pray with you one-on-one if that's something you would like. They're amazing. All right, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for getting us here safely today. Thank you for blessing us enough to have gas in our cars and health in our bodies to make it to church. Bless this offering. We pray that this offering will go far in blessing those in our community and the areas surrounding. God, we pray for this week. Please walk with us and give us peace and energy that we need to accomplish all the things we need to accomplish this week until we meet again. Amen. Bye, Mosaic. Thank you for joining us.